Madame et Monsieur, écoutez bien. Welcome to Fashion Mode with Charles McDonald, brought to you in association with Force Magazine on World Radio Paris. Bonjour and welcome to Fashion Mode. This is a primetime fashion show for World Radio Paris and World Radio Monaco, brought to you in association with Force Magazine. I'm Charles Daniel MacDonald and I'll be hosting the show exclusively for the WRP Network. As the fashion calendar continues to travel, we stop off at Paris to investigate its offerings for the autumn winter 2021-22 ready-to-wear collections. In this show, I'll be looking at the latest women's wear from Le Grand Dame de Mode and taking a look at the Prince of Gothic Fashion, Olivier Tyskin's new publication in Presentia. On one of the countless video calls this Paris Fashion Week, Maria Gradsi summed up the season so well. With Covid, fashion life is super difficult. We have to work much more to get in there in time with the collection but also we have to stay focused. There are so many people who depend on the house and it's really hard, she quoted. I don't think it's easier for the journalists either. Well, it's safe to say there have been seasons less challenging, but with its fabulous fashion films and forced resourcefulness, fashion seems to have a way of making sure that everything is okay. We have taken the digital fashion week in stride, but the reality is almost that no designer that we've spoken to this season has rejoiced in a loss of a runway show with a live performance. What has been realised, though, more than ever, is that fashion is activated by physical contact and that digitalisation often can complicate things and the added glamour needs an audience. That said, the pandemic hasn't cramped any creativity. And for Turi, the lockdown period motivated a thought-provoking exuberance. Whilst many designers focused on an essential wardrobe for a re-emergence this autumn, the Christian Dior designer, already at home in that territory, turned to fashion as a therapy. She showed some of her most captivating work for the house in a collection informed by the dark side of fairy tales, lining the Hall of Mirrors at Versailles with smudged thorny mirrors by the artist Sylvia Giamborne. I prefer the original fairy tales. The references are scary and it's a way to teach young people what really happens in the world. A way to prepare them for the future, she said. Churi's film was an appropriate statement on her heightened relationships with mirrors, screens and the image sparing back at us. The digital narcissism of the confinement period, pure post-lockdown, psychology, the collection expressed a longing for the opulence which was suppressed by sheer austerity. On the one side, stringent tailoring and humble fabrics of menswear, performance puffers, and in a rigid military code that embraced our rediscovered appetite for the great outdoors. Conversely, Jury contrasted her pragmatism and the temptation of fairy tale dressing, with riding hoods, capes, decidedly grim red looks, and Alice in Wonderland's prim red dress rendered dangerously in leather. People don't, don't want just functionality and timelessness. They want desire, they want to dream as well. 
Within the duality of Chuari's collection, there was a very different reflection on our transition back to a life of possibilities. A reminder, perhaps, to approach with excess and caution. When it comes to the post-lockdown wardrobe, Yuchiya Prada is similarly interested in her emotional ambivalence to dressing. And this season, her Prada collections have illustrated an internalised, externalised fashion mentality with which we can all relate of coming out of a year of domestic dressing. Captured epically in high snow in Cortina de Ampetho in the Dolomites, her Miu Miu collection took on that emotion to the extreme. I walk a lot in the mountains and when it's bad weather, it is difficult. But little by little, I realised what I was trying to say. Bravery. The dream is to do something that's important and difficult. The clothes are not romantic, but the spirit certainly is, she said. Prada sees her re-emergence as something daring and expresses it in a post-confinement wardrobe which many will identify with. A desire to hide and dress up all at once. Through a literal lens, it was the most obvious transition from indoor to outdoor dressing you could imagine. A code switch between lingerie and ski wear. However, figuratively, it was post-confinement psychology. A material outpouring of her mental state of undress and the compulsion to cover it up and put on her best and furriest foot forward. Padded bustiers and bodices proposed alongside silk satin strip dresses, some with aggressive spiky straps, conceived a new kind of alpine lingerie. For me, the very sexy stuff, Prada said. And this was, of course, juxtapositioned by mittens and mountain boots, fit for a faux fur yeti. Virginie Viard must have had similar considerations. Her Chanel collection fused the ambience of old ski holidays, which I adore, and a certain idea of cool Parisian chic from the 1970s to now. Filmed in the fabled Castel nightclub, the brand's president of fashion, Bruno Pavlovsky, said that the digital show was a tribute to the wife we miss. It's about tomorrow, it's about happiness, and it's about a social life. It's about energy and what the energy we need to see around us. In the boutiques, but more importantly, within a social life. For Chanel, there's no question about it. In the future, I think we'll continue to do a mix of a live show and a more sophisticated, inspiring images for those who can't come to see the show. As a brand, we need to connect as much as possible. And for us, that's six times a year. Our customers want to feel the sense of novelty, he said, promising an imminent return to the runways and audiences. So strong was our longing for Fashion Week's classical runway format and clarity, it embodies that some designers have transmitted their shows live. For the third time during the pandemic, Rick Owens went on air from his second home in Venice's Lido, close to his factories in Concordia. Staging a show on a helipier 
on the beach outside his apartment. His collection embodied the caution of our time in armouring weather and cashmere bodysuits, some sequenced like a hammery hyperglamorous shield and broad-shouldered power coats. I'm not making proclamations about how these clothes are the way forward. I'm more about questions of concern. I don't understand why I'm the only designer or one of the designers who's showing masks. I mean, we're all pretending that doesn't exist. The conditions we're living under. Are we just pretending it's not there? It was certainly food for thought. Over at Hermé, Najez Van Hesebowski joined in the live action with a relay between New York, Paris and Shanghai, where designers interpreted the movement of our actions and clothes. The freedom we hope to gain again back this autumn was imminent, and her collection was a careful study of post-lockdown dressing, founded in the idea of the wardrobe reset. I'm stripping down our relationship with fashion to its basic needs, then I'm rebuilding it from there. I'm interested in the construction of clothes. I'm interested in creating new classics, demonstrating a parka morphed into a poncho. For her first Chloe collection, Gabriela Haast hybridised the same garment with puffer collars, setting a collage tone for a collection that culminated in some padded mega coats, which were patchwork from repurposed Chloe, overstock, spanning designers and eras for a nod to sustainable fashion. Investigating how the past year in confinement may impact the way we'll want to dress coming out, Nicolas Gasquieri steered his ever-fueled time machine to the ultimate reset, ancient Greece, that long-lost world in which this new one was built upon. It's a projection of feeling and dressing between others and dressing for yourself. This collection is a juxtaposition of those two feelings, describing Louis Vuitton garments as inspired by antiquity, cut and padded for comfort, whilst being over-decorated with embellishments and prints. What you used to wear for yourself will now be mixed with what you wear to socialise, he said. The idea of comfort is luxurious and beautiful, but not often associated with great fashion interactions. I went there with this collection, and it's absolutely positive. As far as fashion is concerned, the only good thing to come out of the pandemic is how it has inspired and pushed designers to rethink their approaches on how we dress and what we dress for. At Lueve, Jonathan Anderson made a high-spirited case for optimistic colours and cuts which impact the spirit. And at Lanvin, Bruno Ciali recorded a post-lockdown version of Gwen Stefani's video for Rich Girl to highlight his optimistic proposal for the autumn a drawn-up and sexed-down but streamlined elegance, found in sumptuous emblems of rich-like leopard prints, gem colours, thigh-high boots and drapery cocktail dresses. It's second degree, and if I was a rich girl, he told me, reflecting on the break we all want to take from our breary lockdown lives. Other designers expressed a similar tone of escapism, taking a resolute step out of the crisis.
Three seasons after her house was bought by Capri Holdings, Donatella Versace debuted a new monogram in the vein of Goyard Chevron's or Moynat's Infinite MS. In her film, the pattern had been blown up into a massive wooden structure that framed a runway-style show. Here, models effectively walked through the monograms wearing monogram clothes, carrying monogram bags and accessorising with monogram jewellery. It didn't just express a longing to get back to real life, but to get back to shopping. And that feeling was conveyed at Givenchy also, where Matthew Williams coveted garments in monogram in a somaphore collection for the house that felt tailored to the social media generation. At the end of the day, it goes back to instinct and what I desire. I'm not so strategic, so hopefully the customer likes what I like. Olivier Roustang launched his Balma Labyrinth monogram seasons ago, but the wonderlust he's felt in lockdown gave him an opportunity to put the bags at Grace's front and centre. Captured in the Air France hangar in Paris, his collection interpreted the trademarks of the aviation wardrobe in a post-lockdown proposal that felt more pragmatic than the glitz and glamour we normally associate with the labyrinth as a commercial move. To me, it's a timeless move. I want to turn Balma into a real timeless house that's about quality, luxury and the story. It's not only about Instagram followings, even though that's important too. Along with Versace and Givenchy, Balma produced the kind of big-budget video show that's now making fashion shows look like Super Bowl commercials. To me, the grandiosity of it all felt like a massive expression for the longing of the real runway that's come to a boil. As Dan Caton of D-Squared said earlier this season, the crowd, the music, the show, being backstage. That's what he and everyone misses. Everyone doesn't feel that anymore. Although few and far between, not every designer is missing the runway. Early in the pandemic, Dries van Noten called for long-term change to the fashion cycle he finds antiquated. Move on and rethink things, he said. And a year on, maintaining that stance is still. Does he never want to return to live runway shows? Well, if we find a way of transmitting the same things, then yes. But on the other hand, we can now reach more people all across the world, he argued. The movement captured in film this season features 46 dancers wearing the collection and it was meant to showcase the garments in a different and more detailed way. It made for the re-emergence, the collection conveyed a rediscovery of our physical and movement and of course adapted tastes. Restrained excess, the designer said of the garments, founded in the introvert-extrovert approach to dressing, which was similarly proposed at Dior and Miu Miu. Some fashion houses dream of going back to pretending that nothing happened, but whatever happened, our mentality certainly did. It would be sad if we picked up where we left off, Granoton said. Our values have changed. We are forced to be in different places, appreciating different things. Hailed essential but not flashy, 
impactful but not provocative, modern but not opportunistic, and creative beyond fashion. Olivia Taiskins is the avant-garde sartorial storyteller who develops the narrative of the infantissimo into an aesthetic poetry that beckons its wearer into taking a loving look at beings and things. The designer's imagination wants to search, scrutinise and probe every which element within the process. A specific cut, a juxtaposition of colours, an embroidered monogram, the rustle of fabric right down to the obscured world of the workshop, covered with graphite dust, which plays host to the fragility and delicacy of the lace arabesque it gives its passion to. His 2019-20 exhibition, In Presentia, took his philosophy to Calais, the historic city of lace which bears home to the Cité de la Dentaille et de la Mode. The same vision has fed the approach of influences to Moorish culture, and this was preserved by the City of Lace and Fashion, whether it was a textile collection or an industrial one. His second publication, entitled In Presentia, pays homage to the 11 key detail elements which the collection is dedicated to. Born in 1977, Olivier Taiskens is a Belgian fashion designer of Normandy descent on his mother's side. He made his debut in 1997, and from his very first Parisian fashion show onwards, his precocious talent attracted an international acclaim, in particular thanks to Madonna, who wore one of his designs at the Oscars ceremony in 1998. His reputation has grown immeasurably throughout his career and has seen him embarking on numerous creative adventures, not only under his own brand name, but also that of Ndrosius and Nina Ricci, the sleeping beauties of French couture he helped brilliantly to relaunch in the 2000s. Then, there was the American consumer, Brand Theory, which he infused with Parisian flair. Since 2016, Olivier Taiskins has been back on the French fashion scene with his eponymous label. And in October 2017, the Antwerp Fashion Museum, Momu, staged a representative exhibition devoted to the couturier's 20-year career, accompanied by the book She Walks in Beauty, published by Editions Rizzoli. Olivia Taiskin's designs with a singular style, a subtle combination of pursuit of freedom and a couture spirit, shot by a great artistic sensitivity and a constant renewed insistence on technical perfection. Dubbed the Gothic Prince of Fashion by the media, his aesthetic of sober romanticism is reflective in particular in his dramatic silhouettes, which are often created in black, a colour he brings out in all its textures and values, and in which lace is given an eminent place. Throughout his career, Olivier Taiskins has collaborated with artists such as the rock group The Smashing Pumpkins and the Théâtre de Monet Opera House in Brussels. Then there was also New York City Ballet. Beyond the realm of time-based modus operandi, Taiskins rejects conventional chronological retrospectives as an overly illicit, and this exhibition and book invites a celebration of vision and untamed thinking. Like a metaphor, In Presentia evokes the visionary, sensual and visual correlations which have been created within the context of this dialogue. On the one hand, a body of work built up over 20 years in a perpetual exploration of the mysterious world of the apparel in all its intensity. Shapes, textures, tonalities, construction, symbolism, movement, plasticity and appearance. 
and on the other hand, collections standing silently in the museum's reserves for 10 years were immortalised in space and in publication, bearing the patina of time that epitomises our poetic relationship with history and fashion. Within the book, worlds collide, interact, melt together and compete with one another through enchantment and delight. The museum became, and the pages become, a place of creation, a matrix that fosters new associations, generates novel scenarios. So many poetic scenes, reviving forgotten and neglected objects, in an ephemeral formal glory, rich treasures of the collective memory. Like the exhibition, the tome is presented as a series of autonomous sequences of varying size and feature, with colours and lighting ambiences to suit. Each is staged as a photo shoot, highlighting a central subject, accompanied by complementary pieces drawn from both Taiskin's archives and the textile and industrial collections of the Museum of Fashion and Lace. Organised around universal themes recurrent in the work of Taiskin's, these sequences simultaneously invite reflection and aesthetic delight, casting an eye on the works featured, which are captivatingly categorised on a series of informative narratives. Expect to see categories such as On Black, On Material, On The Train, On Bias, On Trombloy, On The House of Rogers, On Lace, On The Motif, On The Who Can Die, and On Nostalgia. Olivia Taiskin's In Presentia is the second of two monographs on Olivia Taiskin's. This publication takes a collective look into the design process and the inspiration of lace and the tradition within his collections. It's a timeless addition for any fashion library, thanks to the Belgian Wonderkinds fusion retrospective and the truly sublime photography from Julian Kleissens and Thomas Deschamps. I hope you can join me for the next Fashion Mode show, where I'm continuing on with my look at the final international offerings for the latest season from New York. I'll also be dissecting what spring styles you can expect to see from the catwalk to the sidewalk over the next coming months. With more details and features to follow, you can catch up with all the fashion news on forcmagazine.com and at Force Magazine on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also keep up to date with the latest shows directly from Mixcloud, Podbean and our official profiles on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and Deezer under Force Magazine. Until the next time, keep your fashion mode on.